Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, compassionate caregivers. I am Katie Anderson, and together with Martha Tyler, we are the hosts of the Compassionate Caregiver Podcast. We believe the most profound impact we can have on the lives of children is by supporting, educating, and caring for the people who care for these children. And that is you. Today, Martha is not with us because this is a short baby episode with just me. Let's get started. Hello, old friends, new friends, and soon-to-be friends. I am Katie, and this is the Compassionate Caregiver Podcast. Today, we are continuing our four-part series on promoting body autonomy with children. Today, we are talking about the all-important power struggle area of food. Food is a huge, huge place where we can struggle with children over who should do what when. And the reason for this is because children have very little choice in their life. Children have very little that they have control over except for things relating to their own body, which is why you see so many huge power struggles with the children in your life over areas like food, bathroom habits, clothing. And we're going to look at some ways to help promote body autonomy for these children because we do want to promote a culture of consent and respect for the children in our lives. And bonus effect, you will not have to power struggle with the kids anymore over food. So, or what to wear, who knows, you know, the possibilities are endless, lucky you. So looking at food, I want to start by saying When you force a child to finish what's on his or her plate, you are actually interrupting that child's own ability to listen to their satiety signals. Satiety is like how full um, your or satisfied your stomach is after eating. And studies show that children, even the age of two years old, know when they're full. This can be totally maddening because due to growth spurts, they might be very hungry one day and eat nothing the next day. And you may feel that the child is being willful. Uh, And sometimes indeed they are because food has become a power struggle point. There is no need to worry really about your child's nutrition in this regard because these kinds of, um, this kind of oscillation with appetite is very, very normal. It's scary, but it's normal. And if you are providing nutritious choices over the course of the week, you really don't have to worry that much about whether your child is getting proper nutrition. So your children will eat when they're hungry, and that's great. Um, One way to help allow this to happen is to remember this really essential rule. I learned this in a health and health safety and nutrition class It was called Health, Safety, and Nutrition for the Young Child. It was a great class. It was really informative. And this is the main takeaway that I left this class with. And it is the adult chooses what goes on the plate. The child chooses what to eat off the plate. That is the rule. And that will save you so much 
suffering at dinner time with the kids or lunchtime. If you have a child who wants to negotiate, maybe you guys have already had some power struggles over food. You know what? Forgive yourself. You can't do anything about it now. It's over. You can say to the child, hey, I, I've been thinking about how we handle lunch and dinner, and I just want you to know that I don't like feeling uncomfortable about food with you and food's supposed to be fun and food is supposed to be fulfilling and I really want us to have a good time when we eat and not worry about who's eating what or how much. So here's the new rule. I'm going to choose what goes on the plate and you're going to choose what you eat off the plate. Some families modify this. The family that I work with as a nanny, they've changed it to... um, as long as the child tries one bite. And I know some families who have two bites. So it's really, really important that you respect this rule then because that is a trust building moment. If you say you can choose what you eat off the plate, but then you kind of poke and prod to get them to take another bite, one more bite and you can have dessert. You know how it goes. It's a classic thing that people fall into this negotiating over dinner time, which makes actually dinner time unpleasant for everyone. Try not to do that. Avoid it at all costs if you can. And just say, I'm going to be the boss of what goes on the plate and you're going to be the boss of what goes in your body and leave it at that. The child might not believe you at first uh, and that's okay because they'll have many meal times with you to see that your ways are changing for the better for everyone involved. You will feel so much better because you're going to find that the kids, when you don't force them to eat everything on their plate, they are more likely to try new things. Uh, If they have to try something and they don't like it, but they know that they're the boss of what goes in their body, uh, then they're more likely to try it without pitching a fit because they believe that you're not going to sit there until they have choked down every last bit of broccoli or whatever it is. I love broccoli. I hate jello. So we'll say jello. Every last bit of jello on their plate that you have made them. So setting this up early can be really, really helpful. It also saves you from dinnertime negotiations. You can tell children, Oh, mama really loves to try to serve food you like. Sometimes I won't always do that. I'm going to try to, though. What are some things you might like? So here you can you can offer choices to the child by saying, you know, I think we're going to have some rice and vegetables and fish for dinner. Do you want broccoli or do you want carrots for your vegetable you've offered a choice where both answers can be correct and uh, if the child offers you a different answer or says I didn't want that you can say oh I don't want broccoli or carrots you might be able to say well what is there a vegetable you would like instead and that's fine if you choose to do that you can also say you know tonight we're having broccoli or carrots and those are our choices what do you choose And then they can make a choice. Or if they still refuse, you say, I choose what goes on the plate. I can choose for you if you want. And you get to choose what to eat off of it. Would you like me to choose or do you want to choose? So you keep creating these spaces for the children to choose if you want to. Um, But ultimately, you could honestly make dinner with no input from the kids and it would be awesome. Uh, Some things to think about, too, for food habits with kids. Kids go on food jags, they're called, which means like there'll be a period of time where a child only eats hot dogs. My sister, I think, ate hot dogs for a year. Um, 
Food jags are normally short. The child gets bored of the food, but it's it's about power. Um, try not to freak out. Continue to serve them meals that have nutritious elements to them. You may choose to allow them to eat that food once a day. Who knows how you're feeling. As a parent, sometimes you're just trying to get through it as a caregiver, and that's okay too. Um, but another way to do this is when you're serving these children, these foods that you have chosen and the child may may exercise his or her right not to eat the food that is okay let them feel the effect of their choices that is good you want them to learn cause and effect as a kid you are in charge of the meal times though you're the keeper of the food it's so magical it's one of the best things that uh, adults get to do so you can say when the child's done or they say they don't eat you can say that's okay. We're not going to eat again for another few hours. So if you want to, if you think you're full, that's fine. We'll clean up now. We're not going to have food again until three o'clock or whatever time it is that you next eat your snacks or meals. And then you drop it. And if they say they're hungry, you say, oh, I'm sorry. Like later, maybe two or who knows, even one. Uh, and they're like, I'm so hungry. You say, oh, I'm, I was wondering if you might get hungry because you didn't eat very much lunch. That's okay. Here's some water and we'll have a snack soon at three o'clock, okay? And that way the child learns to eat at mealtimes. It's beautiful. You don't even have to bully them into it. It's wonderful. They learn to eat when the food is offered to them. Uh, they learn that you're not going to force food into them, which is great because children who are forced to finish their um, plates are forced to eat things that they don't want that is leading to a higher risk of uh, assault and of an eating disorder and nobody wants to give that to their kid because we love our kids right you love them we want them to be happy and healthy and have a positive relationship with food food is meant to be social and sustaining uh, another lovely thing about body autonomy if your child is a slow eater oh Goodness, goodness knows there are some slow eaters out there. To get you through these mind-numbingly slow meals, I would like to recommend reading to the child. I have done this time and again. I had a little girl I used to nanny for who, whew, she was just one of the slowest eaters. Love her. Um, but it took a long time. And I'm kind of a fast eater. So I would eat and then I would pick a book to read to her. And the funny thing is, is children will eat even things they think they don't want to eat while you're reading to them. There, There's no power struggle. You're not having a conversation about it. You're just doing something else enjoyable and the child's more likely to eat something that is in front of them. Also, another important thing to think about with foods is when you're introducing new foods to a child, try to do so in a way where there's favorites of the child on the plate. So you want to present any kind of new food, a food you don't know how the child will react with other potential favorites. So the child is more inclined to feel like they're going to eat uh, during this time period with you. So they feel less pressure, they feel less cagey, they're more likely to interpret this other food as pleasing just because you packaged it up with some of their other favorites. Um, that's a good tip I think I like to use that all the time little kids don't really like food that um, can be presented in ways where they can't easily identify what it is took me a long time to learn that no casseroles for two-year-olds they don't really dig it uh, <laughs> but that's a good 
thing to keep in mind as well. And then lastly, food should neither be a reward or a punishment that creates an unhealthy relationship with food. You want these children to feel like dessert would be available. It's totally fine to save space for dessert. And actually, it's quite reasonable if a child says, I want to save space for dessert. Isn't that what we want to do as adults? We can save some food from our dinner for later and have dessert afterwards. It's all about making healthy, safe, reasonable choices. And that's what you're trying to teach your child to do and the children in your care to do. You want them to learn how to listen to their body, how to be safe with their body, and to make healthy and appropriate choices. That is my encouragement for you, my compassionate caregivers out there. And I look forward to talking to you next week about promoting body autonomy with clothing choices. Thank you so much. And I look forward to getting back together with you guys then. The Compassionate Caregiver Podcast is produced and hosted by Katie Anderson and Martha Tyler. If you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, please consider becoming a Patreon member. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Compassionate Caregiver Pod and on Twitter at C Childcare LLC. To contact us, email hello at compassionatechildcare.com. As always, thanks for listening.